0: Healthy.
1: And last time on Two Broke Rats, we talked about um, my a boot. Oh yeah, sorry, that's the Canadian coming through.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: Um, we talked about um, something that happened to me with respect to money and how that made me feel. And today it's Chelsea's turn. Yeah. So, do you want to give us a rundown of what happened to you?
0: Sure, sure. I will try and give you the t l d r of what happened. Um actually, it's still happening the The things that happened to me were kind of recently, and it's still in process, which is kind of crazy and maybe I'll touch on that in a second um but so I'm a grad student um that is funded in part by an NSF grant. What's what's the um,
1: NSF for us non-Americans?
0: <laughs> for you, not, oh, who are those? Um, it's the National Science Foundation. Uh, so this is a federally funded grant that I won, I guess you would say. And um, it's really great. I will have to say I'm really grateful for this grant. It definitely allows me some flexibility uh, in the projects I work on, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but... Even though this grant is incredibly generous to fund me for a couple years of my PhD, it's not quite enough. And I think that's something that we have seen a lot is that um, the stipends we make, whether it's from teaching or research or federally funded grants, uh, is just never quite enough and it's not enough to make ends meet or it's not enough to pay off student loans or things like that. So in my situation, um, I'm very fortunate and I think, you know, it's almost enough. And so I always am trying to find ways to save money or get more money. And one of the things that I was doing to get more money uh, was actually kind of serendipitous someone in our and needed uh, a consultant. And as Dimitri mentioned last episode, both of us are statisticians. So those are <laughs> pretty in, uh, in high demand. Uh, and so they were not only offering me uh, the opportunity to do some research with them, which I love, it's you know interdisciplinary, they were offering to pay me.
1: Which is, which is pretty common practice for statistical consulting of any nature.
0: Yeah, but maybe not for grad students. This is the first time any consulting position is offered to – or any academic consulting position has offered to pay me. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think – I don't want to use the word farm out, but, like, we've been – like, the students in my program at least sometimes seem – like, we're farmed out to other departments because um, we're essentially the statistics department. We include the math and statistics um, in our school, and we – They love collaborating with us, but it's generally like for authorship, not for payment. Uh Um, And this one happened to be both. And it was someone who I was excited to work with. It was a project I was excited to work with. Um, So they, yeah, so they had offered to pay me. And I had met with them and I just said, okay, like I really want to work on this. Uh, My advisor okayed it, which was great. But we need to talk to HR because I have, uh, I teach as part of like the thing that funds me. And whenever you get your contract, it says, you may not take an on-campus student position, which I don't know what their reasons are, but, you know, okay, fine. So I told uh, the person that was hiring me to go to HR, talk to them. And essentially what happened was it went through, you know, up the chain of command. And the person who ended up responding uh, most completely to us was incredibly unempathetic. Um, So I knew there might be some issues, which is why we talked to HR. uh, But the email responding to me was kind of like, well, you should have known this. It's in your contract and you've been doing this for a year now. So I don't even know why you're not knowing this. And I said, well, I did know that. That's why we're talking to you. Um, And it was just incredibly unempathetic and was just kind of like, oh, well, like I can cancel all your funding if you want. And that way you can take this job. And I was kind of just like, dude, you you know that that's not <laughs> what I want to happen um, for the simple reason that this is a tiny consulting gig. And though they're incredibly generous to pay me, they're not paying me anything close to what a stipend would be. Um, so the fact that they were just kind of like, all right, like, just let me know when you want me to cancel it was seemed – unkind and unempathetic though i know this was over email so i feel like uh you can't always read people's intentions over email but to me it seemed very unkind and just not understanding that hey you know i'm struggling to survive financially you know i'm i understand that you've got to follow your rules but i've got to pay you know rent <laughs> wow. yeah. yeah so that it was frustrating i think and i understand so um I think that's the thing that'll come up a lot. I don't get health insurance covered. Um, and in America, at least, there's rules about like how many hours you can work and not get health insurance. So I think it's something like 19.5 or something like that.
1: So anything over that, you, you have to be insured by whoever's paying you.
0: Yeah. And I feel like there's some... Gradation. So, like, if you work over thirty hours, you get X. If you work over forty hours, you get Y. Um, but so they don't pay for anything, like any benefits for us. So I wonder if that's it a little bit um, and why there were such tight limitations. But it struck me as so unfair because I am a cons- an unpaid consultant on a bunch of papers, just you know, as a product of being a grad student and working on research teams. Um, and they're kind of like, well, you, you can't go above 20 hours. And I was just like, you do you really think <laughs> that I am not going above 20 hours anyway? Um, the problem, I guess, so I guess they're okay with that. They're okay if I work, you know, on average 60 hours a week. But if I demand to be paid for some of that, that's when it becomes an issue for them.
1: I think that's a pretty popular complaint that we got um, on our Twitter thread um, mm-hmm. When we reached out to grad students, is that yeah, there's like this cap on on working x amount of hours, um, which is really which which is so ass backwards. Um, but, right. but besides the point. So so let's take a pause in in, in the story um, there. Okay. Um, and I just want to go back to uh, you, to to the part where where you were asked about um, consulting. Now, mm-hmm. that's not just, uh, you know, that's not just a monetary thing, but that's also a uh, a collaboration between kind of disparate, uh, disparate researchers, right? This person mm-hmm. was in... Was yeah, in...
0: a different department.
1: Exactly. Do you think that, do you think that the university should have taken that into consideration and, and sort of thought, you know, there's like a synergy here, not only is... Not only is this grad student getting paid a little bit more, but now we get to showcase how interdisciplinary we are like Do you think that mm-hmm. there was a non monetary benefit or even a monetary benefit for the university
0: Oh, for sure, I mean, I think the fact that uh, so I would be an author on this as well, and I think that's a value to them so that instead of having a paper where it's like you know university university non university consultant um it would be like all at the same university and and they get their name on it multiple times and in multiple ways i think there is a benefit to them um but but i think the thing is is like they're like well just do it and don't get paid for it you know
1: right Mm -hmm. which which would defeat the purpose of like do you know i I don't work for free so right
0: well we do well yeah (laughs) that's another
1: another issue (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so so you were prevented uh, for doing this because, was it because you were funded by the NSF or because that you were funded by the NSF and you could only work so many hours?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I um, I think this is a university level thing. Um, I, th- I The NSF has a lot of rules and you sign a lot of forms when you get this grant. Um, and so the, I think I remember the specific wording, and maybe I'll talk about why in a, in a little bit. They do not govern govern outside employment but they so essentially they say like you should work for us about 30 hours um but they don't govern outside employment so that might have something to do with it in the sense that they're like well you know you can work for someone else i guess just because they legally couldn't do anything about it um but they maybe have some say in limiting how much i work in the university which i think is fair i mean it's, fair is maybe the wrong word i understand that um but i think the problem is is that they're making it hard for me and for everyone who this has happened to um to work in areas that are you know in our domain of expertise so we're statisticians i could totally get a job uh, working, in fact, we talked uh, on Twitter to some people who work like stocking grocery stores. So they would go in, you know, late at night, early in the morning and, you know, refill that bread section so that you can get your bread in the morning. Um, and I could totally do that. And I think legally, I don't know that they'd be able to do anything about it. I don't know if that's true for any other university. I don't know if it's true for yours, but I don't think they could do anything.
1: No, yeah. At my institution, you can go and you can work, you know, part time at Starbucks, but. The moment you want to get a job on campus then um it starts to count count against you um which
0: is rough because those are where i mean we're academics that's the universities where the jobs that we're good at exist
1: <laughs> yeah well not only that but it's it's where i it's where we network most of the time right i spend most mm-hmm. of my time with other scientists and they think hey i need help with you know some statistical analysis oh i know a guy or a girl mm-hmm. right so yeah um Anyway, okay, so uh did we did we get to the part about how this how this ended? Was this resolved at all?
0: No, I mean sort of. So it's ongoing and I don't even I don't so I essentially got an answer and someone said, "Oh, we can we can work it out because uh it was actually like a multi-site study, I guess you could say." Um so they're trying to figure out if there's a legal way for us to figure that out and i I initially got like oh we found a solution uh but i actually got an email like two days ago saying like oh that solution doesn't work Mm -hmm. so we're still we're still in the air and i um am right now just because i i think this is a worthy project that we're working on so i have volunteered for them a little bit um just to you know help plan their data collection um but yeah so that it seemed like a yes and now we're we're at a maybe (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. again uh-huh.
0: which is i'm sure how it will stay for the rest of eternity.
1: Mm. I now now here's where i would usually ask you how did that make you feel but I, I i get the sense that you're you're pretty upset about that.
0: I mean, i'm so upset about it. I i think i have a respect for the admins and i i think there's something to be said that our viewpoint and experiences uh are not the same as theirs so i don't expect us to always have the same values or the same opinions or the same feelings about things but um i just think like you can't limit us you know capping our hours i guess is the point you can't cap our hours and then expect us to work more than those hours oh my but I god
1: get, yeah oh god i get
0: the feeling that if we said okay fine I'll work for you, you know, X however many hours. I think I'm paid for 30 and you're probably paid for like 20 or 30 hours a week. Fine, okay, I'll do that and then I'll stop. I think everyone would be quite upset about that happening.
1: I think there's also a disconnect here because the the 20 hours I work is – or, you know, however many hours I work is for my my research with my supervisor. And Mm -hmm. so to be told from somebody who isn't my supervisor – that I'm not allowed to do that, it just feels like a, well
0: you a, are you just you don't get paid for it
1: right. <laughs> right so it just it just it just feels weird to me that administration is telling me how much I can work for somebody else. It just mm-hmm. feels like there's do you know what I mean like there's a middleman. Do, you, do do you, do you get what I'm saying it just seems to yeah
0: weird. yeah, absolutely, and I think i do, i mean see, I don't know how this works in Canada, but I feel like on my side it's like. A health insurance and benefits thing mm-hmm. and i think that's why both the nsf which is a, an american government thing and a and my university have these rules is they're like well you know we don't want to shell out thousands right. of dollars for health insurance um you should really
1: just come to canada just come do your phd in canada
0: <laughs> honestly some i ugh, honestly <laughs> or we can change america i don't think we're at that place yet but
1: one of those things uh, is a lot easier
0: Oh, moving to Canada. Yeah. Do I have to start saying a boat
1: a boot a boot <laughs> so, <laughs> um,
0: or maybe, sorry a lot <laughs> yeah,
1: sorry about that uh, so um, so do you wanna leave the listeners with uh, some some final thoughts about what you think about the situation or how it made you feel or how you would have liked the situation to be dealt with ideally i
0: Sure as heck do. And I actually have one more point, short point to make. Uh, But so, yeah, this made me feel bad because I think in similar to your situation, it made me feel like not valued as a, I mean, because honestly, we're kind of employees. Mm -hmm. um, And I think the experience we're having is not commensurate with what an employee should be treated like. Um, So it made me feel really bad and frustrated because I think, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I definitely haven't. And empathy I'm a rule follower, so I have empathy for people who are just like, well, I'm enforcing the rules, these are the rules, I've got to deal with it. Um but but there's a lack a, a lack of kindness and a lack of care and basically this attitude that like, well, those are the rules, F you, figure it out. Right. Um and I think I would like to see a lot more empathy from administrators especially and faculty in addition. To just acknowledge that it's really hard for us and that we might need to find some workable solution to be able to survive financially Um, and that brings me to my last point that i want to make and something that recently happened to me is that i just got paid because our semester started about a month and a half ago Uh, so i just got my first paycheck and it was half of what it was supposed to be
1: that's right that's right that's right
0: awful and so i uh i've been dealing with it and i have to shout out not that she's listening we have the best department admin uh that like handles grad student affairs and she has been so helpful to me to try and figure out how i can figure out why i wasn't paid and um how to fix it and everyone is out of the office she's like oh i emailed this person; person's out of the office I, that's not the point here but annoying um So essentially, I was told not only do we not know why, once we figure it out, you're still going to have to wait, you know, X business days to get paid. Um, And I was telling you, we were messaging about this that I had to pay rent out of my savings account. And I'm lucky enough to have that because I worked for a couple of years before doing this PhD. Uh, But not everyone has that. And it frustrates me that they're like, well, you know, screw you. You can't really earn a living doing what you're good at. But also, if we make a mistake, you're going to have to wait weeks to get paid and pay your rent either on a credit card if you're not lucky enough to have savings or out of your hard-earned savings account. And that mm-hmm. sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and, and is completely just – I can't And sorry. Continue. I'm, I'm so yeah. frustrated even here. No,
0: same. I, I think the point I want to make and that we'll make a lot through this podcast is they're setting us up for failure, financial failure that is, because – they're not paying us very much they're limiting the amount that we could work outside of our university you know job and if you know based on my story they're really saying well fine go be a be a barista go be a stalker uh which doesn't i mean those are great jobs but like i want to do statistics like (laughs) that's my thing and i think Mm -hmm. they make it hard and they make it hard to make A lot of money um, or even enough money. And then when things like this happen, there's just a sense that, like, well, it's your responsibility to deal with this. Mm -hmm. um, Hope you have enough money to survive for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I think that's, those two things shouldn't go together. You should either pay us enough so that this isn't a big deal or you should find a way to not, you know, let us go weeks without getting the correct amount of pay
1: yes the problem of underpaying grad students and missing payments or delaying payments even uh mm-hmm. will come up again and again uh in our episodes uh, almost
0: endlessly almost
1: yeah monotonously even. <laughs> is there anything else you want to share with the listeners
0: no i think that's it i think i've i've sufficiently frustrated every grad student who's listening to this right now
1: well thanks for sharing your story and thanks for thanks to everybody for uh listening to two broke grads i'm phdmitry on twitter (laughs) and i'm at chelsea parlette on twitter and we'll talk to you in the next one thank you bye